after my uh, conversion, my own conversion to Christ in the morning after my coming to faith in Jesus. A number of uh, effects or a number of results of my newfound salvation, they really kind of hit home. They struck me almost immediately. Uh, There was that morning... uh, a profound sense of newness in my life. You know, everything that morning seemed new. I suppose there was uh, in those hours just a, a sense that I had truly been born again. On top of that, there was also, well, the sheer goodness of God that pressed heavily upon my heart. You know, that, that he had forgiven me my wickedness. He had forgiven me my sin. Like, what love! You know, what amazing goodness. But friends, in those first hours of faith, I think the effect of salvation that struck me most, it was the understanding that God provides for those who believe. Do you see what I mean by that, the understanding? See, just a, a few days previously, a few days prior to my conversion, what I had done is I had sat down with my Bible and I tried to read uh, the New Testament letters of Paul. <laughs> Do you know this? I did not understand a word, not a word. Paul might as well have been writing in Portuguese. But now, here it was, just a couple of days later, and it's the same room as well, you know, and it was the same chair and it was the same pages. And guess what? Things had changed, you know. Uh, now at least I understood something. You know, these words that I was reading, words like grace and words like faith, they were no longer entirely alien to me. And if you're a Christian this morning, you know exactly what had happened, don't you? What is it that God does for us in Christ Jesus? What does he give us? He gives us eyes. He gives us eyes to see. Well, friends, this morning as we study this short miracle that is recorded in Scripture only by Mark, it's to that topic, the topic of spiritual sight that we will turn. Now, let me say this before we begin. Do not switch off. Do not, if you're a Christian this morning, think, okay, spiritual blindedness, there's not going to be a message in this for me. Understand this. The primary message of this miracle, it is for you. The primary message of this miracle, it is for the people of God. It is for Christians. So I'm asking you, don't switch off. Be here just now, because there are It's in this, a message from Almighty God to you, to every single one of us this morning. So, I'll ask you to do what I always ask you to do, and that is to turn back with me in your Bibles to have this portion of Scripture open just now in Mark chapter 8 from verse 22 to 26, to have that there in front of you. Three things that we will notice and see in this portion of Scripture. First thing is the power of Christ to give sight. That's our first heading, the power of Christ to give sight. Okay, if you were here last week, you'll remember, I hope, where we left Jesus. Did I read it? We left Jesus uh, in the boat with the disciples, 
and he's on the Sea of Galilee. Well, we learn, do we not, in verse 22, where he docks. Verse 22 says they came to Bethsaida. I think all you need to know about that just now is that Bethsaida is a town in the northeast section of the lake. Okay, who is it that they meet in Bethsaida? It's a crowd, isn't it? And it's a crowd who bring to Jesus a man who is blind. Okay, let me just talk to you for a moment about the problem or the danger of a familiarity. Many of us have been in churches all our lives, right? And we know, or we might like to think that we know our Bibles. Do we? And we know this miracle. And we know miracles like this miracle. So do you see the danger of the problem? The problem with that is that sometimes we do not invest. You know, sometimes we do not engage in the predicament of the people involved. And I'm asking you not to, to make that mistake this morning. So what is this guy's plight? I mean, what's this guy's predicament? He's blind. Now, would you just think about that for a moment? Now, think about this man's helplessness. What are we seeing? He is, he is a blind man in the first century. Now, is that not an awful predicament? Think about this. You know, there's no state help. And there's no disability allowance. And this man always, as here, is having to rely on other people to be brought around and led about. You see, don't you agree? I mean, there's a helplessness here. Almost a hopelessness here. And I get this as well. I don't think that this man was always blind. You know, often in Scripture, we are told if a person is born blind. We're not told that there. And I think we also get a further hint in the way that he describes the people that he sees. <laughs> How does he describe the people? I see people, but they're like trees, as though he has previously seen trees. You see, very possibly this man has become blind. Can you imagine that? Like, Can you imagine waking up one morning and wakening up to blackness, darkness? Like unable to see your surroundings, unable to see your loved ones. You know, this the sense of blackness, you know, encased, entombed in the sense of blackness. Isn't it awful? And so do you see then the spiritual lesson that we are being shown here? I mean, what have we noticed as we've done all of these miracles in Mark's gospel? What we noticed then each of these miracles, our God is teaching us a lesson about the nature of Sin. So what is the lesson here? Do you see it? What is this man? He is blind. Do you see? Sin. It has cast humanity out into utter spiritual darkness. And isn't that the lesson? Isn't that the truth? I mean, in Eden, friends, we could see. In Eden, we could see the world as we were supposed to see it. But what has happened in the fall? There's been a power cut. I mean, there has in the fall been a power cut to our righteousness. Like all of the spiritual lights of humanity in that moment, they're out. And a veil has been cast over mankind. And unless something changes, it's this hopelessness. It's this helplessness. We are destined to face that increasing terror of spiritual darkness 
eternally. Like I'm saying to you this morning, the spiritual lesson from this miracle, it is almost too awful to put into words. And so we praise God, do we not, for what happens here? For what we are being shown. And what is that? That the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, what can he do for us? What does he do for us? He can restore our sight. That through the Lord Jesus Christ, enduring the darkness that engulfed Calvary, that you and I need not endure the eternal darkness of God's judgment. Do you see, in Christ, we are given our sight. And I want to say this to you, if you are not a Christian this morning. See what I'm saying there? That is not just sort of theoretical. I want you to understand that today, you can be given this spiritual vision. The first one thing's got to happen. There has to be a personal encounter between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Like you see, do you not, that that is what happens in this text like if somebody after the service asked you, okay, how was this blind man healed? How was he given a sight? What would you say? I think we'd probably talk about the saliva, would we? Or we'd talk about Jesus touching the man's eyes. And that's all true. But how does it begin? What happens here? What does Jesus do? Do you see? He takes the man by the hand. And he leads him away. Like he takes him away from the crowd. And he takes him away, even outside the village. Do you see the scene now to heal him? Who's there? It's just Jesus and this man. And they are alone and they are together. And I'm saying to you, that is how it must be for you today. There is no salvation by you just being here. No salvation just by being identified with this crowd or by being in the right family. No salvation in that. There must be a personal encounter between you and Jesus Christ. And I ask you this. Do you want that? Like, do you want this spiritual sight? Do you want this morning to see the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus? Do you? If so, know this. There is before you this morning the outstretched hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to ignore him? Or are you going to take the hand and follow him? Are you? Is it not time this morning for you to complete the business that you have with Almighty God? The second thing we see here is the partial sightedness of the people of God. So we've seen the power of Christ who gives sight. The second thing is the partial sightedness of the people of God. Okay, in last Sunday morning sermon, what we did for a large part of the sermon um, was look at the parallels between the feeding miracles of Mark's gospel. If you're here, hopefully you'll remember what I'm talking about. Looking at the parallels between the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. Nod. Yeah, okay. Good, we remember. Now, hopefully, uh, this morning, you're seeing something similar. 
Like hopefully you're seeing what Mark's doing, that there are parallels between this healing miracle of the blind man, parallels between this and, do you remember it, the healing of the deaf and mute man that we looked at just a couple of weeks ago in Mark chapter 7. So parallels in the feeding miracles, but wait a minute, parallels between the healing miracles as well. And yeah, do you see some of them? In both of those healing miracles, what happens? There's an ailment to do with the senses. In both, Jesus takes the affected man into private. In both, there's this unusual use of saliva. In both, there's the deliberate use of touch. In both, there is the eventual healing of the ill man. So you get the point, I'm sure. These two healing miracles, there's lots and lots of parallels between the two of them. Now, back to last week. Do you remember what we did? We compared and contrasted the feeding miracles in order to establish the main point, didn't we? Remember that? We looked at the feeding of 5,000, feeding of 4,000. We saw there's a slight difference in location and it brought out the Gentile emphasis of the text. Now here's the deal. Here's the thing. We do not have to look very hard to see a difference between the healing miracles in Mark's gospel. Isn't that right? Think about it. The deaf and mute man, when Jesus healed him, what happened? The man got healed. What happens today with the blind man? It's different, isn't it? Like, this blind man, he's healed What would you say? How would you describe it? He's healed in stages. Like he's healed almost kind of gradually. Yes, he gets the sight. Yes, you know, eventually it seems the miracle works. But how does it happen? It kind of, it happens step by step. Now, wouldn't you agree with me? That's rather odd. If we we take the gospel accounts, you know, if Jesus sets his mind on completing a miracle, what happens? The miracle gets done. Water into wine. Done. No problem. You know, a lame man walking, fine, done. Here, what do we have? We've got an intermediate stage of this miracle, don't we? Like where, where this man's sight, it's restored, but it's partial and limited. That is odd, isn't it? What's going on there? Why is it like that? Uh, well, my wife and I uh, were chatting this week about the incredible effects that genetics has on our children's characters. Like, as Catherine and I are watching our three kids grow up, the thing that we're noticing is that they have got really varied personalities. The thing about that is that it can be kind of humbling as well. (laughs) You see why, do you? Uh, Catherine and I will notice, say, one of our children will develop a bit of a short temper. And so Catherine and I look at each other and say, well, which one of us (laughs) do they get that from or our kid is maybe a little bit more selfish than the other and Catherine and I again we're asking the same thing which one of us now do you see what is going on there if we look at that from a spiritual point of view like what God is doing in our lives is he is using our children to show us what ourselves Like he's using our children to show us our weaknesses and the areas of sin that we need to work on, right? Now what I need you to understand 
is that that is what is happening here with this blind man. That Jesus, do you see what he's doing? He is using this intermediate stage of the miracle to do what? To show the disciples themselves. Like to show the disciples how they stand spiritually. Do you see what I mean? I think about it, like from the, from the last few chapters, the disciples have kind of been portrayed in a rather negative light, haven't they? But what we need to understand is that this point for the next few chapters, it's only going to get worse. Like the sheer lack of perception, the sheer lack of understanding of the disciples. Like it's going to be thoroughly emphasized by Mark. Now let's not get it wrong. Are the disciples blind? No. The secret of the kingdom of God. Remember that? It has been revealed to them. But what is it that the Lord Christ is showing them in the partial sightedness of this man? What is he showing them? That their spiritual vision, it's partial, friends. Their spiritual vision, it was so limited. Look at this. What does he say to them in the boat? Look at verse 17. Before this section, look at verse 17. Remember what they're doing? They're bickering about the bread and they're fighting. What does he say to them? He says, do you still not see? Look at verse 18. Again, they're fighting. He says, do you have eyes but do not see? Do you understand what's going on here? Jesus is using this blind man as an object lesson for the twelve. He's shown them in this miracle in not completing it immediately, in having this intermediate stage, he is showing the twelve their lack of sight. Now, what did I promise you at the start of the sermon? I promised you that there would be a word here from God for his children, for the Christians here. Do you see what the message is for us? What is Jesus doing in this miracle? He is holding up a mirror to the twelve. But who else is he holding the mirror up to? He's holding a mirror up to you and to, and to me. And isn't the image that we see in that rather shocking? Because what did we just sing a moment ago? What was the last hymn? I was blind, but now I see. And, and rightly so, we should sing that. And we should praise Jesus for that fact. But what are we learning here? Our spiritual vision, your spiritual vision, it is limited. And it is partial. Do you understand that? We today just glance at the love that God has for us. We just glimpse, don't we, the complexities of Christ's saving work that he has done on our behalf. And I honestly believe this morning that that should change you. And it should change all of us. That it should lead to a renewed humility from the people of God. Because we've got eyes. Jesus Christ in our salvation, he has given us eyes. But those eyes, they are yet dim. We see here the partial sightedness of the people of God. Okay, third and last point this morning. So we've seen the power of Christ to give sight. We've seen the partial sightedness of the people of God. The last thing here is the promise of a full spiritual vision. Do you follow what we're doing? We've seen the reality of this man's blindness. And we've seen that there's this intermediate section. 
we must, uh, we must, as we close, consider the second stage of Jesus' work. You know, the very fact that he does go, he doesn't leave the man partially sighted, does he? He actually goes on and he entirely heals this man. So, would you notice with me the comprehensiveness of this man's eventual vision? Would you look at verse 25 with me, please? Just look at verse 25. If you look at it, you'll see that there's three separate phrases in verse 35, 25, that all speak to the utter perfection of this man's vision. Do you see the three phrases? We are told, his eyes were opened. His sight was restored. He saw everything clearly. Don't you just get a sense of how thrilled and how excited this man must have been? You know, gone is any sense of the darks. His sight wasn't just partial now, but in Christ it was full. Like he could see everything. 20-20 vision. Now, if you accept this morning the spiritual message of this text, that our spiritual sight, even for Christians, it is limited and it is partial. Surely what you desire more than anything else today as a Christian is for your sight to improve. Isn't that right? I don't you want in your heart of hearts to see more of Jesus, to grow in some perception of who he is and, and what he has done? Well, if so, then surely we have to pay attention to how it was that this man's clarity eventually came about. So what happens here? Do you notice that there are two things? Look at it. See the man's honesty here. In verse 23, Jesus asks him a question. He says, look, do you see anything? And what does the man say? Well, yes, I I see, but I see people walking around the streets. There is an honesty from this man. But then note the further touch of Christ upon the man's life. Do you see in verse 25 we are told that once more, once more Jesus put his hands on this man's eyes. Friends, do you desire a depth of vision? Do you desire to see more of Jesus Christ today? See there the means that that comes about. We too must be honest with our God this morning. Accepting, repenting of our sin, responding to Jesus, even just now. Yes, Lord, we see by your hand and by your grace, we see but my sin. It impairs my vision. And what's the other thing that we must do, the other crucial thing? There must be a further touch of the Lord Jesus Christ upon our lives. And I'm asking you this morning, are you seeking that? Like today in church, what is it about for you? Like, is it about yourself? Is it about the activities that you engage this Sunday? Is that what it's about? Or this morning, are you seeking through worship and devotion the Lord Jesus Christ that he might today, again, place his hands upon your eyes? What is it? And I'll end with this. Christian friend, Never lose sight of the fact that one day this perfect vision that we're looking at here, it will come to you. 
Like just now, our spiritual vision is partial and it's limited. One day that is entirely going to change. One day when we enter into the hallways of heaven, all the shadows are going to vanish. All of them. You know, all the gloom is going to rise and there is going to be on that day this new clarity and precision to our spiritual understanding. Now, how does that come about? Well, yeah, it comes about through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. But how will it come about on that final day? It will be because there in heaven, it's not going to be electricity. And it's not going to be that the sun in the sky. On that final day in heaven, it will be the very glory of Almighty God that illumines our sight. So until that day, what do we do? We humbly accept the fact that our spiritual vision and understanding today is limited. We do more than that, though. We seek with everything the Lord Jesus, don't we? The one, the only one who can give sight to the blind. Let's pray.